Hey there, welcome to Hashtime with Navguzi Chiwanuka. This is a place where we help you unravel social constructs, discuss self-development in line with mental health, emotional well-being, and everything in between that directly or indirectly affects us in the millennial world around us. If you're hearing my voice for the first time and are the kind of person who is not scared of being a better version of yourself even if it requires you to contradict who you were 24 hours ago, consider this your virtual home. I am your host, Nabuguzi Chiwanuka, a lawyer, founder, stroke team lead of Equate Foundation, an addict and lover of insightful conversations and a professional unraveler of social constructs. This week's Wednesday, we have Hope Chizito visiting. He is an occupational therapist and an educator who is passionate when it comes to working with children, especially those who need an extra guiding hand in their process of development. Chizito has continued to use his social media platforms to share tips and raise awareness on how best we can be part of a child's growth process and one of the main topics he continues to dissect for us is autism. He shares a lot of educational gems in the episode so let's get into it. Hope Chizito, welcome to Hashtag Minabuzichiwanuka. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have a conversation with you. Yeah. Hope Chizito, that's my name. I love working with people. I love working with children. Trained as an occupational therapist. I'm also an early childhood educator. Mm. And I'm also into education psychology. I'm studying that at, at the graduate school. And I want much to know about the social emotional support for children, mm. particularly with neurodevelopmental conditions mm. like autism, and also the assessments and the diagnosis mm. of those conditions in our community in our communities yes so is that all that you do yes no that's not all i do i'm also what more defines hope the more that defines home hope is someone who is uh, liberal i believe in neurodiversity Mm -hmm. i i accept all the kind of criticism especially when it's backed up by by some science mm. i really love so much of that i i would say that i'm a christian yeah but I'm you not would a, say yes but i'm not that kind of sure. uh, yes i am a christian but <laughs> not those staunch ones who would fast and go to church every you sunday you don't want to fast hope oh you meet jesus <laughs> now <laughs> now that can be another another topic for another day <laughs> Like when I saw you texting me and it was showing that Tiamo Jesus said never could this be a Zichiwanuka? Like you Tiamo Jesus. Tiamo Jesus and I said, could this be the Navuguzichiwanuka? Why? And I said that eh, this could be someone different. <laughs> because why you think I don't believe in Jesus? The the, eh, the, the Afrocentrism movement of people who are using our African names yeah. with the opposition of the of the foreign religions, mm, mm, mm. there is some kind of debate around. There's that a lot thing. of study that ha- I feel like there is a lot of study that has to be mm. uh, placed into that. Yep. Because mm. even we look, even when we look at the people that mm. inspired our ancestors to come out of a place of slavery, I'm looking at Harriet Tubman to be specific. She she was a practicing Christian. She was Seventh Day Adventist, I think, mm-hmm. one of those one of those Christian sects. Mm. And still, really, it's just, it's just politics. But to me, it is politics because <laughs> it, is po- it is politics. Mm. Person, f- as me, that is what I feel like. Because your experience with God is different. Mm. Our experiences with God is different. Mm. So while I want to incline towards the Afrocentric kind of space, mm. I'm also cognizant of the fact that I don't have much information as regards to my spirituality. Mm. So how do I work with what I know and still be Afrocentric? But you know, for, for, for any kind of belief which is against people of different understanding, people mm-hmm. of a certain behavior, mm. people of a certain sexual orientation, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's a kind of system that I cannot really go with. Yeah. So I believe I would rather be 
having a personal relationship with my God because mm -hmm. I do understand I believe my God mm. and he also understands me mm. so that's how I relate mm. okay mm. help us understand what occupational therapy looks like because I mm. I don't know for me I don't, I don't think I've heard of it oh. in my law school I only learned about occupational hazards mm -hmm. <laughs> so when I see occupational therapy mm. I want to understand what that is now occupational therapy is a health science profession that works with people with different disabilities physical mental or any other kind of disability mm. so our main focus is using purposeful activities in order to restore functioning of an individual okay mm. let me give you an example if you could be maybe if you had an accident and your arm is really not performing so well yeah mm, maybe after the surgeries after the reduction and and everything it could be like it could be so that your nerves could be damaged and your brain might not be able to remember how to fold how to make lots of precision mm. movements so that's when we come in and we prescribed and we prescribe some activities yeah. that you're going to be doing in a controlled environment that are going to help you restore functioning. So that's that what occupational the therapy looks like? That's what occupational therapy is all about. So apparently here in Uganda, mm. most of the occupational therapies are spread out in hospitals, in schools, in rehabilitation centers, yeah. in the general communication and everywhere. So we are much working with children here in Uganda the grown-ups, the old people, yeah, uh, people with lots of psychiatric conditions, mm -hmm. mental conditions. In schools, we are working with, with with children with some underlying learning disabilities. Oh, you also go to schools? A lot. In fact, here in Uganda, most of the occupational therapists are based in hospitals and schools. Is that so? Yes. What kinds of schools are those? International schools, schools, right? Not only the international schools. Yes, we've been much embraced by the international school system because they've really acknowledged the mm. kind of services that we offer. Right. Mm, but also the, our national schools have also started to embrace those kind of services because most of the children who are enrolled in those schools, especially who are having some psychological assessments, mm. who are having some underlying learning challenges, are always having those diagnoses and the evaluation and they always recommend particular professionals who are supposed to work with that child in schools. Oh yeah. And those range from the occupational therapists, the speech and language therapists and the psychologists. These are in schools? Other. Many are in schools. This is interesting. They are. Mm. This is interesting. Mm. It's still a small circle that I can even name over 50% of them, especially those who are working in Kampala and the metropolitan mm, area. Mm, 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 mm. But they are doing a wonderful job. We're seeing you doing mm. uh, work that is almost unheard of. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you always want to do while growing up? No. How did you end up in this? Now, first of or all... Where, 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 let's start from what you wanted. Let's I start from what you wanted. What I, to tell you frankly, when I was young, around four to five years of age, yeah. I wanted to be a race driver Oh. or an asikari. Hey! hey you wanted to hold a gun? Not to hold a gun. <laughs> I, I used to go to a certain school and we used to have a night watchman, if that's what they call it in English, and he used to have a bow and arrow. <laughs> and I used to love that. <laughs> so I wanted to be an asikari when I'm growing up because I wanted oh to also goodness. hold the bow and arrow and I could tell people, you stop there, do not cross. And when I see intruders, I shoot. Okay? So it used to be so pre prestigious to me. Wow. I also wanted to be a race driver because, you know, I grew up watching TV and I would see people maneuvering the automobiles and I would really love so much. Is that something that. that you had shared with your parents? Uh, earlier, I never used to have a good relationship with my parents, but apparently oh, yeah? we can speak about everything, especially my dad. So I, I am free to tell him everything, whether he wants to hear it or not. 
right now? Yes, right now. How did you come to that place? I came to that point after growing up and also I think rhyming with his understanding of the world because initially we were parallel. We used to be. So growing up, that's what I wanted to be when I was younger. Then as I kept on growing and performing in the schools and everything, of course I would love so much to be a footballer because I used to be somehow good. Yeah. But academically I was also somehow performing good. Then after my senior four, I passed sciences very well. And so I decided to take on a science-based combination at HSC. Yeah. And that's when I knew that, you know what? I have to take up either health sciences or engineering sciences at the university. That's when I knew that, you know what? I can now be a doctor. <laughs> yeah, I can. <laughs> either a dentist or... And this is you already in HSC. Scientific. You're still figuring out what you wanted to be at that time? Yes. And I was so lucky to have, figured, to have thought of figuring out what I wanted to be. Because here in Uganda, you could even reach that years when you don't know what you want to be. Ouch. It's I possible. understand. Yeah. But in all, all in all, I never used to fancy being a teacher. Though right now I am. Mm. I am. And I embrace it a lot, but I never wanted to be. Because for our traditional teachers, the mm, way they mm, used mm. to address some factors in the society used to be not loved by the people. The way they used, what they used to earn the way they used to dress, the way they used to be, the kind of hostility, the, con the conservatism, if I could call it like that, that mm. everything has to be done in a particular way. They, you know, no one would actually want to be, no one would, would love being a teacher. But mm -hmm, when I grow up, mm -hmm. especially working, working under some foreign curriculums, when I when I became a teacher, when I started working in schools, yeah. working with some certain curriculums, working in some international curriculums, and embracing diversity, because we used to have lots of staff coming from the different areas of the world, understanding the child protection policies. I really loved working with children. Right, and right, right. now I work with children all the time, and I do believe they love me. <laughs> and also the parents really appreciate what I'm doing with yeah. their children. So mm. I, I, I pointed you out because mm. of the topic that you keep pushing mm. for mm. on your Facebook account. Yep. You keep sharing moments of you handling autistic children. Yes. Mm. And I feel like our experience with autism, mm. I don't know, I can't speak for everyone, but mm. I know my, me and my friends, mm. possibly, our experience with autism is through movies. And we don't, we possibly don't really get to a place of feeling like this is something that can actually be in your household. Mm. So help us understand what autism is. Autism tends to be defined in lots of different ways, depending on the beliefs of people yeah but personally this is what what i understand by the term autism autism is a neurodevelopmental condition which means it is a condition of the brain functioning and it affects an individual in three developmental areas the first one is social social interaction the second one is communication and the third one is the restriction in their in the activities the restriction and doing the activities repetitively whether they make sense to the people who are viewing you or not mm, mm, so mm. for any individual who possesses those three characteristics in their development they suit to fall on the autism diagnosis. That's what the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the fifth edition of the American Psychologic, Psycholo Psychiatric Association, the APA, that's how it defines autism. So currently, that's the definition of autism. So, in the areas of communication, autism 
is a spectrum disorder. That's why it's called the ASD, what we call the autism spectrum disorder or autism spectrum condition. That means each and every individual with autism is affected in a different way. Oh. Yes. Now, in the areas of communication, you'll find an individual might not be able to understand the kind of words that we're using. For example, when I'm speaking to you, that back and forth conversation that we are making, mm. they might not be able to understand it or they might not be able to do the same. Secondly, it also... Is it, does mm. that come from a place of not understanding it or is it because they cannot really respond the way how we do? Now, it's not related to understanding. Mm. However, the understanding tends to come with the intellectual disability which sometimes is comorbid with autism however it's all about their style of communication that they might not be able to speak and the other one asks and they respond so they are understanding but they are not their brain is not programmed to follow that reciprocated kind of communication right 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 so you can actually talk to them and they just stay silent they could either use one word or they could just use some gestural signs to show that they are understanding or they might not be able to speak at all regardless of whether they are speaking or they are non-speaking yeah mm. that's why people tend to think that he or she is an introvert but at the back of the mind, he could be also able to suit the autism diagnosis. Mm. Yes. People on the spectrum, some can also be non-verbal, some can be semi-verbal, and some could be verbal speaking and fluent very well. Mm. Yes. There are lots of people on the spectrum who are speaking. I was surprised recently. Mm. I landed mm. on uh, a post. Mm. I think it's just yesterday or two days ago, I landed on a Facebook post mm. where a mother was not even aware that she was autistic. Mm. And she only got to learn that she was after having children mm. and her children were autistic. Yes. So when, when she was having classes about how to handle her own children, mm. this is when she gets to find out that she's also autistic. How is that possible? As we said earlier that autism is a spectrum disorder. Yeah. Before calling it a spectrum disorder, we used to have subtypes of autism. Okay. So autism ha had really types. There was the autism disorder itself. Yeah. There was the pervasive developmental disorders, otherwise not specified. There was the childhood disintegrative disorders. Mm. And there was what we call Asperger's syndrome. Why? Now, it's very complex words. Yes, now most of the individuals who apparently can suit the Asperger's syndrome criteria, they are verbal, they are smart in their areas of expertise, and it's quite hard to diagnose them. Oh. It's really so hard. However, what makes them suit the recent autism diagnosis? Yes, they could be verbally speaking, but there is also what we call the social communication. Mm. If I'm speaking with someone on the with Asperger's, they could even be engineers, electricians, or doctors. Or and they're surgeons, performing whatever. well? They, they are usually good in the areas of expertise that they concentrate on. Yeah. In fact, that's why you'll find most of the, the tech guys, when you study much of the founders of the different technologies, most of them suit the autism diagnosis. But what qualifies them to be having autism is in all the deficit in, in communication is their perception of some language phrases. Mm, mm, when we mm. are talking and we start using some proverbs, the parts of speech, the idioms, it could be hard for them to comprehend, regardless of how good they are in the different areas. You know, when you speak mm. about that, like I told you that we mm. mostly experience autism in mm. movies. Mm. I'm looking at uh, The Good Doctor. Yes. Mm. I don't know if most of us have watched the show. Mm. I'm looking at The Good Doctor. He is good mm. in his area of expertise, like yes. you mentioned. Mm. But socially, mm. Jesus. Let, hey, it's, it's obvious. I've even forgotten his name. I have also forgotten. But <laughs> he used to struggle when it comes to maintaining and understanding and forming relationships. Right. Mm. You also find that 
Mm. Can you speak about how they are very honest? Is that now, is that them? Is that all of them? Yes, I could I would call it that. But mm. later, when you understand some, they could also be conditioned that this is now what you want to hear. So they will exactly tell you want what you want to hear. Is that so? And that's the opposite of being honest. Now, with children being so honest, is that is much of the social communication they are always straightforward because they do not know that you can really lie to someone so imagine moving with a child holding their hand moving to the supermarket you just say that mommy that this man is fat <laughs> exactly. loudly but sometimes mm. it's just kids so yeah. i feel like that can easily be dismissed but i think mm. i'm i'm looking at a child mm. as mm. as old as maybe 10 mm. at what point does someone start to worry to worry about not worrying mm. at some at what point does mm. someone come to a place of feeling like maybe i should take the child for diagnosis um do we look at ages or is there are there signs mm. at a very early age that could make they, someone go for they are the autism diagnosis can be made as early as 18 months 18 months 18 months that's when the child is even before the age of two years oh yeah and according to the recent studies, you can also start recognizing the deficits in, in eye contact as early as six months. Yes, as early as six months. Eye contact yes, is eye also contact. a thing? Exactly. Those are some of the early signs when your child cannot look you in the eyes. Child is crying all the time. Child is picky when it comes to selecting food items. Child cannot communicate, especially with the early language child cannot say mama papa when they are young then you could also start recognizing that you know what i i think i need to look out for some specialists to help me but the challenge is acceptance yeah. parents tend to delay because they might think that you know child is still young and they are just growing exactly. up exactly that's what so i was talking about in the they will maybe shoot the different milestones at some different ages so they delay until the environmental demands exceed the abilities of their children or mm -hmm. when they start comparing them with peers of the same age this is when it comes to their awareness that exactly. there could be something different about my child that's when it starts to become a point of discussion let us use sean in mm. the good doctor as the case study yes for people who have watched the series called The Good Doctor, mm -hmm. there is a certain character of a young doctor who is working with a team of surgeons called Sean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you look at Sean with his portrait of someone on the autism spectrum, it's actually showing you that they are smart in their areas that they focus on and they would become so... It comes as a point of hyper-focusing Mm. Sometimes what they call central coherence, that if they want to study a spoon, they will study the material it's made of, it's the way yeah, it's manufactured. They always have everything. extra details. They have facts. So when you see people like Sean in The Good Doctor, he's really so good with the diagnosis. He's so good with pathology, finding out what led to this and this. He's so good with connecting that this could be happening to this patient. Mm. However, on the other side, he is also struggling with forming, starting, and maintaining relationships. Mm. Especially when you study with, uh, about his social life with the apartment partner they used to be with, yeah, regardless yeah, of how yeah, much yeah, yeah. she used to express her affection towards Sean, but still Sean was not clearly understanding what's going on. <laughs> he was treating her just like any other individual who would be who would be living with you mm. and on that same note Sean would also say out some particular words and he would not think of the way how mean they could yes, be how mean they could be uh, how they could be perceived by the other person he also would also say out words without expressing any facial emotional expression because that's it that, i mean mm. <laughs> that's what he feels <laughs> just go and say that you know it's late i don't want you to be here please go back to your <laughs> to your room mm? With, so yeah, without thinking that you know yeah, yeah, this yeah. person could be it could it will it possibly they need to sh they still need to share space with me or yes, at least mm, ask them mm, yes and now that's what we call autism recently so I when you mm, talked about the types of autism yes mm. 
what kind are we looking at in the place of Sean? In the place of Sean, now we are talking about Asperger's. Mm. Asperger's. That's if I could categorize the different parts, of the different types of autism and the way they are affecting an individual. Yeah. Asperger's. The term Asperger's is still currently used because it it really reflects lots of people on the spectrum, especially in the general population. What usually people do because they are much of functioning, mm. they most of them go to school and they even achieve higher education up to the PhDs and, and everything. So people see them every day. And they are many because the condition itself is somehow hard to diagnose. And when it comes to areas like our like our Uganda, many people are on, on, on the spectrum, especially being Aspies. Really? Yes, but no one is going to find out. No one is going to diagnose. So they, they will so they're, they're that just going to see a smart person mm. who is brutally honest mm -hmm. and, and introverted. Oh yeah. Yes. And they're just going to leave it at that. And they will live like that. They will grow up, start up relationships, failed marriage, failed relationship. Yeah, because they can't really relate. They can't, except when they find a partner who really understands them. Wow. I now have to go through my list of exes <laughs> 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 to find mm. out. This is interesting. A similar case. Okay, mm. this gentleman is not diagnosed, but we were in areas of uh, Charlie Wajara there at a particular hospital. A certain surgeon came, the ward. I had a friend of mine who was operated. So we started introducing that, you know, this is my brother, this is my sister. And he was not clearly understanding that how can your friend now become a brother yeah. now that now that particular kind of language that if exactly. i if i be, if i become <laughs> a friend of yours with with some time i will start introducing you as my sister but for them they cannot comprehend that exactly. regardless of of him not being sense to them. a surgeon what sometimes we call those complicated professions yeah but still we cannot comprehend the simple well, that's not simple. Proverbial language. Because what is, what, what is simple, mm. Mm. what is simple is, mm. my brother, we share our parents. Mm. <laughs> so for you, when you, mm. when you go beyond that, mm. I think you really need to get into explanation. Mm. But still, I'm sure they won't dismiss it. Like, no, mm. your brother is supposed to be your parents' child or mm. something like that. Like another good example is when Manchester was really beaten by Midsborough. Uh -huh. recently Just here. <laughs> over so, the weekend. Mm, so when you are a Manchester fan, like, like I, okay. I'll, I'll come and, I, and I'll tell you that, you know what, I was beaten, I was won. Now for someone on the spectrum to listen to that kind of conversation, they, yeah. it will be so hard for them to understand that now it was Manchester, then how come it's you now? <laughs> hmm? You're it's not really, making sense to them. Yeah, it might not be able to make sense to them. Yeah, yeah, However, yeah, yeah. learning to understand those proverbial, idiomatic kind of language, they learn, but it does not come automatically. I was actually going to ask mm. you if they ever come to a place of acknowledging the normal or casual kind of talk. They do, and when they learn, they also start to mimic. Mimic, they can sit somewhere and they pretend to be neurotypicals, part of the general population. Mm. They might also not want to express their sensory preferences. So oh. they, yes, so you might see someone because... Also, they start noticing that they're different and therefore they try to fit in exactly. to society. Mm. As early as possible because there are also some 10-year-olds on the spectrum who knows that I'm treated differently, I'm given a special place, and I'm not communicating fluently just like the other people of the mm, population, mm, so mm, mm. I must be different. So you find those people seated somewhere, adults, but you know, most of the people on the spectrum, over 80% have sensory processing differences. Yeah. And most of them steam. Steam is called self-stimulatory behavior. Okay. So you, f because it is so important for them to keep on, uh, to keep calm. So for them to keep calm, they will at least prefer to speak when they are rocking, or, so or fidgeting with with anything. 
Mm. However, it might not be socially acceptable. So they will mimic and they will pretend like nothing is going on, but deep inside they are dying. Wow. Yes. I've seen it really that. so happens a lot. So I'm personally advocating for embracing different sensory preferences. That if I'm having an individual, a partner or a child I'm moving with, and they are, and they are, and they prefer to steam, if mm. it's not destructive and it's not putting them in danger, mm -hmm. they can really keep on because it also helps them to focus much. However, when they are in schools, a teacher will never understand that you're understanding what they are saying when you're playing with, the, with your pen like this. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because yeah, for them, yeah, they only yeah, yeah. acknowledge that someone to be paying attention, they have to be doing what, the, what we call their whole body listening. Eyes focused, ears open, arms, hands on your laps like this. Or the desk. Mm. You've Which actually brought me to something that I've always wondered. Is it possible for them to thrive in formal education? The answer is yes. Mm. They are able to thrive in what we call the mainstream education. Yeah. However, majority of them need a lot of support. For example, when the teacher is teaching or when he's giving a particular assignment to the general classroom, mm. there has to be someone who is going to break down what the teacher has said to be comprehensible by the brain of someone on the spectrum and in addition to that the way we teach is that the same mm. would, it, would that be the same case with the aspies or the aspies are quicker to understand stuff in class as we said earlier that it is a spectrum itself <coughs> so when someone is having what we call aspergers they could even be have more subject content than the teacher themselves <laughs> Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Finding a 10-year-old who is able to discuss the genetic strands of the DNA and the chromosomes, a 10-year-old. And it's hard for someone to understand that a 10-year-old can really have that much subject subject content I on feel, I feel like we're going to... Chemistry. We, we might... Won't mm. we be worried that mm. uh, the kids that were reading ahead of us in class, could that be the same case? Or is it just, just a possibility? It could be the same case. However, for someone to for someone to be diagnosed to be a disorder, it has to be persistent. Oh yeah, and yeah, it, yeah, and it yeah, also yeah. has to be exceeding the norm. It has to be excess. Yeah. It has to have happened for a longer period of time consistently, which might not be the case. What is the other mm. type of autism that you have mostly seen in your practice? What I would say that autism is not categorized. Oh, but we, yes, oh, but oh, we are bringing, oh. but we are only bringing that particular co uh, a collection of uh, expressions and behavior, which used to suit the Asperger's syndrome criteria. Yeah. Mm. But we do not categorize autism, but each individual is having different needs. Right. That's why most of their services are individualized. What works? Oh, so you can't have the mm. same, the way how you go to school and have one plus one for everyone. You have to switch up for every individual. Exactly. Let me give you an example. In classes, according to the modern classroom management, there is what we call differentiation. Is yeah. You could be having a class of 20 students, but they have groups, the high achievers, the middle ones, and the, what I could just quote and say the those who could be somehow struggling. Yeah. We could be studying mathematics. Let me give an example of, of addition. And the high achievers are doing addition of the two figures. 22 plus, oh, 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 plus, oh. plus 12. Then the middle achievers, they could be doing the single digit addition, 2 plus 2. And now these ones who could be having some learning challenges, mm. yes, they could also be doing addition, but they are using counters, not fingers. Oh. Yes, mm. that they yeah. are counting, but they yeah. are counting the yeah. real objects. Yeah. Yeah. Two bananas plus two mangoes. What do you get? Please count. Wow, so you have to give them more time. Yes, more time, more practical work, mm -hmm. because they are much of subjective rather than just taking in concepts. Mm -hmm. They want things which are tangible. They will prefer that if you're, sh if you're telling me that this is a cup, please bring the real cup, not to tell me a story 
over oh, yeah. over cup mm. yes so they understand stuff that they can see they can smell they can hear so they are a lot more practical practical and sensory they are sensory learners and the moment you embrace that you will be understanding the best way to support individuals with autism mm. in any community it could be in the educational environment or in this in the other social environments mm -hmm. so i'm looking at a parent who might be scared that it mm. might be really expensive to go for diagnosis mm. what words do you have for them first of all here in uganda the diagnosis of autism is quite expensive mm. and there are few people who are willing to offer those kind of services. However, we also thought about it, especially with an organization that I'm partnering with. Which one is that? You didn't Save talk about Children it. with Autism Uganda. Save Children with Autism, autism Uganda. Uganda. Mm. At the moment, we are located in areas of Komamboga, but we offer free consultation, free diagnosis, and we are also having some few students on the campus. We are training with basic educational knowledge and also yeah. skilling them at the same time. Mm -hmm. So there could be lots of parents over there who might not be able to, to sponsor or who are not able to pay for an official diagnosis which could be even ranging between 500 to 800 dollars Oh plus. really? Yes. Is that expensive mm. to diagnose autism? Yeah. It's a series, you cannot do it in a single day because you oh. have to rule out that it is not associated with the intellectual disabilities that means you also have to carry out an, an, an intelligence test before Whoa, autism yeah. itself you have to that is expensive you have to see the child in different environments not only sitting here to discuss you have to see the child at home in school their interaction with the mates and with the persistence so that means and you have so to see that the child the over and over again has to be there in all spaces exactly and it also has to be a team of professionals whoa exactly that's what? why it's really so expensive. Oh my goodness, mm. we are used to just going to hospital. Hey, mm. I have headache and the doctor just says, oh, it could be malaria. Now with most of the psychologic kind of conditions, right. we view, we focus on the behavior. How do you interact with, the, with, with people and the environment? And the consistency and the persistence of, the, of that kind of condition. So you have to see the way they are interacting mm. for some period of time and in different environments. That means you can opt to undergo an autism diagnosis right now on the 4th of February and mm. then your results or the evaluation, the diagnostic evaluation comes up in March. Like a month later. Because I want to see how you interact with people at your place of work, at your school, at home, in the public and everywhere and to see if those, all those symptoms are persistent what are some of the misconceptions that society has about autism the first one is that autism is a is a curse that it is oh. bewitched yeah. that you have to be bewitched or lots of things really associated with it when some will say that autism is for the rich people uh, yeah. And do you know why that is? These are my personal findings. Mm, it's just mm -hmm. because people who are middle income earners tend to look for support as early as possible. So their children come out in public. You find them in schools and they are not only late at home. So when you come to start counting out all the children on the spectrum, you'll see people, you'll see children who are in schools and then you'll make an anecdotal conclusion that yeah. this condition is for people who are really not struggling. You've mentioned having mm. a center in Komamboga. I'm yes. understanding Komamboga to be, okay, I'm, I'm terrible in geography, you're going mm. to correct me. I'm understanding Komamboga to be in a rural place, is it? That's when, that's what most people think, but it's, it's between Chisasi and Chanja. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Chisasi and Because Chanja. that's going to be like, mm. okay, now that you have something in the outcasts of Kampala, mm. what is, when you, do you go out to communities? We do. 
we create lots of awarenesses yeah and we also go to deep down in the villages where there is little that is what known. now that is mm. what that is what i want to understand the mm. communities in the villages what mm. is their perception because i'm and i'm thinking in the urban centers mm. people are a little receptive mm. of what that could be so what is your experience in the villages what do you see what mm. misconceptions do you find the first thing is they don't know so on addition to that, when they see that the child is really developing in a different way, yeah. not like the friends, they have to send that child to the judge's place, that is the grandparents. So you usually find children with, with their grandparents, and, re and then when you ask that where are the real parents, they will say that they are in town or in the city going on with their business. So children are always there and they do not know what's affecting them. So they are not willing to take on that burden of looking after that child who really needs a lot of support. Yeah. Because it is so expensive in terms of time and money itself. Yeah. So they are there and they do not know much about the condition. But we come in, we explain to them that, you know what, the way your child is behaving, the way that child is interacting with the environment, there is a certain condition that is known as autism. Mm. Because of this and this and this symptoms or the characteristics however a child who is developing in that kind of way has to be supported in this way then we also help with breaking the different myths please do not think that the child is bewitched or your co-wife is against you <laughs> but it is a yeah it is a genetic trait in our population when you talk about it being a genetic trait yes. is it something that can be passed on from our ancestors? The answer is yes. Whoa, so this is something that people also have to go and test for? Like like the way how they're advising us to go and do tests on sickle cells mm -hmm. to find out whether you're a carrier mm -hmm. or a sickler? The answer is no. You cannot test for whether you can. there are high chances of, of you having a child mm -hmm. with autism. Mm -hmm. It is impossible because oh, okay. there are over 8,000 gene abnormalities which are related to autism so imagine going wow. to a to a center and then they start to test over 8000 gene abnormal genes they have to test all of them mm. eh? testing them can even take you over 60 years <laughs> so you have to wait for 60 years for <laughs> to them to sure. test if this particular gene or this gene abnormality can a combination of this genetic abnormality and this can lead to a child developing differently mm. and then they give you the results then another one this one and so it is practically impossible mm -hmm. it's so impossible mm -hmm. however there is also a combination of the genetic and the environmental factors how i personally could be a carrier of the autistic traits mm. maybe from my great great grandparents right. but however i am in a certain kind of condition where i eat well i the social demands are not much on me mm. so i grew up in that kind of stage which tend to suppress my ability to either have a child with autism it's also possible so it also mm. goes down to the feeding the diet because we've talked mm. about how you could be in a great environment, you True. eat well. But children with autism are born autistic. Whether you feed them right mm. or you don't feed them right, whether you vaccinate them or you don't, whether you take them in high-end schools or not, or our usual schools, an autistic individual will be an autistic individual. Mm -hmm. yes. mm. However, early intervention tend to make the prognosis better. Mm. That means the, the earlier you start working with the child to address the different areas where they are somehow struggling, then the child will grow up to be performing better at schools and also participating with mm. the environment with less restrictions. Right. Mm. That's interesting. So are, are, are there only two misconceptions when it comes to autism? Many. Uh, I feel like there is no. also something like, oh, yeah, in age. Yes. And, uh, the child is spoiled. Yes. Mm. Your child is spoiled. Your child is a brat. When you, especially with parents who tend to move with their children around, those mm -hmm. children have mm -hmm. lots of sensory preferences. Some would want to be carried, carried in public. 
because they are re maybe they've walked long state or they feel more secure when they are in your arms in your arms now when the public looks at an eight-year-old who is craving to be carried mm. they never really understand that this child them if they are carried for that particular time their central nervous system will be regulated and they will feel calmer Mm. And the noise from the public will less affect them because they are secure that I'm with my mom here. Right. And in addition to that, most parents might also not prefer to go with their children in public because they, the condition might be associated with a child being destructive mm. and they will prefer to keep their dignity. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yes, and yeah. they will say that, you know what, either you stay at home or you move with the, with the family assistant, move with them, because for me, I cannot take it. I cannot risk my status in the community to be associated with a child who is behaving differently. Yeah. And it really affects them a lot. Unless after some time when they embrace acceptance to know that, you know what, my child is different and this child is mine. And I'm the first therapist, I'm the first doctor, I'm the first respondent to my child. Mm. What types of therapy exist when it comes to, you called it AS, A. ASD. ASD. Mm, the okay. Autism Spectrum Disorders. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, there are different types of therapies. Not so many, but the ones that are common, there is what we call ABA the applied behavior analysis okay which is the most common one and the globally recognized type of therapies for children with autism what is it like it really bases on on use it uses the behavior principles the conditioning to help that child perform or to do what is appropriate and what you want that the way that the way you want that child to perform mm. for example if that child is really destructive you will use some behavior principles by of, destructive what are you looking at what do we get to understand when you when you speak about a destructive child a destructive child a kind of person who would really want to always turn things around yeah, TV is over yeah. there, I would rather knock it down to fall. <laughs> I want to move around to the kitchen, open the water, run yeah, away, yeah, move to this yeah, other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. So for the behavior principles, you would correct that by a reward and punishment system. Mm. That you can ask the child that when you sit and you do not open the waters all the time, I will give you a candy. So the child okay. will clearly understand that if I, do, I, if I don't do that, I will be rewarded. Mm. But also on the other side, that child can be maybe to, told that when if you keep on opening all the tabs in the house, I'll punish you so that child can also somehow understand. Mm. There are lots of controversies around that kind of therapy. Some can also consider it to be abusive. And I'm also on that side who are somehow against ABA. Mm. Yes, but it is the most... What are the downsides of using ABA? Mm, when you speak with m most of the autistic adults who had gone through a oh, the oh, kind of ABK oh. system, mm. they are considering it to be abusive. And later in life, it can also be associated with PTSD, the post-traumatic stress disorder. The way I was put in the naughty corner because I was making noise or I was not behaving in the way they wanted me to behave. So I sit and face the wall for some 30 minutes later in life for you you could think it's okay but the child is really going to be drawn in a certain are you trying to say that these kinds of kids may perceive punishment differently first of all according to the recent clinical understanding of the brain functioning mm. when the child is young for example when the child is below the age of five or six years mm. they might not be understanding the consequences of punishments so regardless of how much you tell that child that if you do not if you touch this i'm going to beat you up still they'll do it the following day and the following day mm. unless when they grow up to really be conditioned with punishment so parents tend to keep on punishing the child but their children are not really changing and they are now becoming more harsh because they are now used to being punished all the time mm. so when you start working with that child in the later stage it will be hard for them 
to to be conditioned because they are already accustomed they are okay with being punished all the time mm. that's the biggest problem when it comes to those to the some behavior treatment methods or the behavior therapies when it comes to autism but yeah. now there are, there is also a group of therapies what we call the social relationship therapies okay that are based on forming relationship with the child they are play based play with the child experience something to that child all the time oh. model the communication behavior through play that we are singing a song please look at my mouth movements to make some clear oral motor movements to make mm. articulations mm. we are playing we are doing lots of sensory activities in sand in the soil in water in the rain and forming a relationship with the parents and some of them could be the PLAY therapies there is also what we call the flow time green span therapy and we also have what we call the sunrise sunrise program this s o n r i s e like okay. to raise the sun mm -hmm. so they are those are relation relation based therapies okay now with the occupational therapies we also have what we call the developmental therapies we we use the knowledge of the brain science to develop activities which are suitable for a child to be growing at that particular stage right exactly so those three categories are the are the common ones and they are the research based programs mm -hmm. that we tend mm -hmm. to use but there are also some controversial therapies which are not backed up by science for like example acupuncture Eh. Uh, apparently there is stem acupuncture camp mm. even stem huh? there is also stem cell therapy what is that like now stem cell therapy it works on a certain principle that autism is affected by a deficit in brain and in the central nervous system functioning mm. and it is because the central nervous system is not developing properly because it is lacking some stem cell which are supposed to create some neural pathways for that brain to be performing properly. So what they do, they get some stem cells from part of your body, mm -hmm, maybe the, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the bone, and then they, they, they inject it in your central nervous system. For example, the spine. So that's the kind of therapy. Very expensive, Has but it ever it's worked? not backed up by science. Has it ever worked? That's what they say, but up to date, I'm still looking for some internationally recognized medical journal which is supporting that kind of research. They've not mm. yet confirmed. There are many. There are also some medical ones that children can be taking this kind of medicine and it, it, it will be helping them cure autism. But how can you cure a different brain functioning? Mm. It's mm. really mm. impossible. It's really impossible. So those therapies sometimes tend to be just abusive to the child. Child is taking through episodes of of pain for no good reason. Mm. Wow. I feel like it involves a lot of emotional involvement, yeah. having to do your kind of work. Okay, I think all mm. kinds of works. Mm. But then yours, like you're dealing with special needs children. Yes. How do you come to a place of taking care of your mental health uh initially it was so hard for me mm -hmm. first of all you're working in fact parents are more difficult than the children themselves is that so how is that they demand a lot they are desperate and they really need to displace their emotional uncertainties to any uh, to any person around so for anything that goes wrong or anything which is delayed they look for someone to to displace their anger to mm, mm. and i used to be the scapegoat so it was really so challenging but eventually when i embraced what they call neurodiversity neurodiversity means understanding that autism is not a disease and is not a disorder but it's just a different brain functioning a different brain exactly just like how your phone is o is operating on the windows android. system and mine and is using iOS. the android yeah but they are both phones they call we can write with them so we are just different so when i'm working with children i'm not remorseful at all and i also try so much to counsel 
the parents not to be remorseful at all, but just to embrace that my child is different. Being different, that means their educational programs have to be a little individualized and different from the from the other typical typically developing students. Mm. And the moment they understand that, you explain everything to to them that your child is supposed to study this. Please prioritize this than this. Yeah. Then they'll start accepting. So your center mm. is in Koma Amboga and mm. it is offering different kinds of skills to children. Yes. I, see, I, see, mm. I feel like that is also bringing me to a mm. place of you are not really so much inclined to doing formal education. How, what, what ages are you working with at your center? Now, at the center, I am a volunteer. Mm -hmm. I'm working with them, offering completely free services. But principally, I'm doing home-based programs, and I'm also working as an occupational therapist mm. for different school settings around. So at the center, we are having children ranging from the age of six years to 16 years. But all those children are on individualized educational programs. Each child. Each child. For example, we are having a girl who whose neurology might not be able to cope up with the basic academics. So we are focusing much on helping that child to be as independent as possible through acquiring the basic knowledge in the activities of daily living. For example, they can take self-care of, of themselves, they can take shower, they can change their sanitary towels by themselves, yeah. they can do some home chores around such that for any person that they are living with will not feel them as a burden. Mm. Then we are also having some other boys, verbal, doing everything very vibrantly. However, they cannot excel in the mainstream setting. You find a child is speaking, yeah. the child is doing everything very well, but they cannot pass exams. They cannot pass our general academic exams. That means there is a particular way of teaching them that suits their brain functioning. And we are focusing mm. much on the pre-academic, pre-vocational skills. Teaching them how to employ your n knowledge of numbers mm -hmm. to measure. To measure using the feet. Employing your knowledge of motor skills to cut the different word pieces, the metal pieces employ your cognitive skills and your hand skills to draw modern art things wow. which can really be sold and then you can also earn make an living. income exactly so that's our main focus but still we also run it with the academic the pre-academic skills knowledge so mm. we teach them how to read and write because it's really so important it is when important. you want to be independent in the community at least you have to know that that sign means stop because it is stop and it's read in color so it means ice stop. Mm -hmm. So those skills, the activities of daily living, the functional skills and the pre-vocational skills are not only important to children who are growing, who are developing differently, but at least all children and all young adults have to be trained in those areas because mm. at one moment they can be even more important than your excel excelling in algebra and trigonometry. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about yourself as the home best kind of practitioner, mm. are, you, are we looking at you as a freelancer? Yes, I would call myself that mm. because at the moment that's what I do to earn a living. Mm -hmm. I work mm -hmm. with children who had opted to stay at home because of the pandemic for those period of two yeah. years. However, their mates were doing some online learning but for them, the way they perceive stuff, the online learning could not work for them. There I had to be someone who understands them, who understands their sensory preferences, and who understands the, who can modify the curriculum to suit their needs. And that's what I used to do. Mm -hmm. And there are also some students who are facing what we call rejection in schools that they schools. cannot be accepted in any school. So as long mm. as you make mention of the child mm. being autistic, the school just says, no, we can't have that child? Most schools fear. The moment you say that my child is autistic, they will say that hey. they will give you reasons like we do not have enough resources, we do not have enough staff, specialized staff to take care of that child. 
those are the cases that we will raise or when you bring your child and they find out that your child is different they will just tell you frankly that you know what we are risking having your child in our school because we do not have someone who is going to take care of that child all the time so your child is on a risk of do you feel like they're right getting in danger apparently they are right in their own perception they are right because yes if the child comes to school and they require a lot of extra support it will be a burden to the school to employ more people to work with that child or if that child is destructive in class making a lot of noise mm, moving mm, up mm, and down mm, mm, mm it will bring up what we call seclusion. Seclusion is the environment itself will be giving the general typical children hard time for them to focus on what is being taught because there is someone who is steaming, who is beating maybe on the chair like this, who is yeah. making some verbal steams, ah, or who is running up and down in the class. And in addition to that, they will also require extra attention from the educators themselves, so they will not be focusing on the other ones. But also, on contrary, this very child on the spectrum will also not be catered for. Being chased out of the class all the time, being excluded, put in a particular room for you to do your stuff from there, is also affecting their, their social development and also mm, their academic mm, performance. Mm, mm. So it is all drama there. Yeah. Mm. It's all drama. So what advice do you have for the parents that might want to have the children in mainstream schools? First of all, to make an assessment that if is the school environment itself favoring the development of that child, will my child be able to tolerate the sensory issues at school? If children really shout, can he remain really calm? Is the school itself willing to, to take on my child? But most importantly, is the school willing to offer the suitable evidence-based learning program mm. for my child that's where the challenge comes from however now parents are reaching at a certain moment where they where they only want their child to be accepted yeah. as long as that school accepts my child in their sin in their school that's enough for me because my child has been chased away from most of the schools the moment they they, they accept whether with support or without any sign kind of support I would prefer my child to put on uniform to go to school isn't it risky to have the child without in a school without support it is so risky actually it is risky to all children however children who are developing differently mm -hmm. need some additional support yeah. in academics and also in their genuine life because especially children on the spectrum when they are younger they are at a risk of accidents risk of being in danger all the time so there has to be someone who is moving with that child from place to place oh and it's that is an additional cost to the parent yeah. those kind of people we usually call them the shadow teachers or the learning support assistants so how does someone come in contact with you hope my social platforms are, are open I'm, and i'm calling myself hope chizito you're calling yourself Hope Chizito? Yes, Hope. But what is your name? I am Hope Chizito. <laughs> yes, I am Hope Chizito, but, but you know our local setting will start with the, with the African name and then the foreign name. So mm. I am calling myself Hope, Hope Chizito instead of Chizito Hope. Okay. Yes, Hope Chizito on Facebook, Hope Chizito on Instagram, Hope Chizito on LinkedIn. Mm. When you contact me, I'll give you all the information that you need. Anytime, any day. But you can also reach out on my on my phone contacts on mm -hmm. zero seven five five twenty two thirteen thirty five. Mm -hmm. I repeat zero seven five five twenty two thirteen thirty five. That is for Airtel users. Yes, and for is there MTN, any other number? Yes, for MTN users, it is zero seven seven six. 22 13 35 mm. 0 22 for any kind of support for any kind of question you really want mm -hmm. i'm available right mm. and one message would you want the listeners to walk away with autism is not a curse autism is just a different brain functioning so the moment you understand that your child or you as an individual on the spectrum is on the spectrum itself you just have to find out that what are the best educational requirements mm -hmm. that are going to help my child to thrive through throughout the school so we as specialists we can help you to 
work with the school to develop what we call the individualized education program that is after studying and assessing so the child's So you're actually advising needs. schools as well to reach out to you? Exactly. To provide that kind of setting? The assessing the children and also to train the educators themselves mm. for all the cases concerning working with children who are developing differently. That's not very not important. only with autism but all children with different underlying learning challenges. Mm -hmm. They could be mm -hmm. mental, they could be physical. Yes. Reach out to us and then we'll help you train your staff and also to assess those students to help them to develop some smart individualized education programs for them that are going to help them thrive throughout their educational course. And then life, how about life generally? Left generally, still we also do the same. same thing. Mm. Thank you so much for giving us your time and your knowledge. You're welcome. My hope is that we get to embrace each other's difference. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag with Nabuzi Chiwanukai. If you love what you heard, make sure you subscribe to Hashtag with Nabuzi Chiwanukai in your podcast platform of choice. And make sure that your friends are also in awareness of this podcast's existence. We do not want to side-eye you as a selfish person. We do not want to do that. We do not want to. We want, we want, we want to be talking about you as someone who is generous with their knowledge. So when you find a conversation that resonates with you, but the podcast resonates with you, the whole podcast resonates with you, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, you need to share it with your comrades, your colleagues, your workmen, your parents. Hmm? Your parents, your children, okay, no, not below 18. They might not really understand this conversation. Share it with the people that you know, all your relations that you get to engage with. They need these conversations. Also, feel free to share what connected with you in this particular episode. Share it on, you know, share your insights on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Okay, I'm talking about those three because that's where we are available. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at hashtag Nabuguzichwanka, and on Twitter, our handle is at HTNK Podcast. We can also engage with you via email. Do not send me how are you. Do not send me how are you on my on this email now. Surely, it's like asking a company how are you. Our email is at hdnkpodcast.gmail.com. I really look forward to hearing from you. Catch you in the next episode. I think that's going to be April. Is it? No, I think we'll still have another week in March. Ah, Goodbye.